This is my friend Jacob. Come on, Jacob. Um, he, I have known him since we were in high school, but we haven't, we haven't gotten to hang out much because I got married and moved to Missouri, and then I moved to South Carolina. But he has been working with the church I attended in Virginia Beach, and he's the pastor of things there. He's an assistant pastor of stuff and things. And so he's coming to bless us today with a lesson, and he's also there. He and his wife are planning on planting a church in Richmond, Virginia, in a year or so. And so we are, we are wanting to support them, and we're so excited. We're, we're in the middle of those stages right now, so we know what's coming for them. But we're so excited, and we want to be part of that, and we want to bless them um, in their process. So we are going to continue to support them, but we wanted to hear his, some of his vision today. So give him a warm welcome. Oh, thank you, Jesse. Yeah, I've known Jesse and Jonathan for a long time, and they're awesome. I promise. They're the coolest people ever. All right, well, how are you guys doing today? Are we doing good? That is awesome. Let me get my, my giant screen known as an iPad ready. People say, is that an iPad? I was like, yeah. They say it looks like a television. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm, I overdid it. But anyways, okay. How's everyone doing? We're doing good? All right. Well, I'm so glad to be here. It is an absolute honor to be here today. Um, like Jesse said, my name is Jacob Gaines, and this is my wonderful wife, Erin. Um, we do live in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and we pastor there. I was in charge of the student ministries for roughly five years, and now I am in charge of the weekend services um, and other things, and so that's pretty cool. Um, so we, we love doing that. My beautiful wife and I are expecting our first kid. Um, at the end of May, so um, a little girl, we, we, we can't wait to meet her, um, so we're just very excited about that, and, and like Jesse said, we are planning on starting a church next year in uh, Richmond, Virginia, or, or going through the process of moving forward that next year, so we're, we're so excited and it's encouraging to be here at Lakeside Church to see a church plant and, and see what you guys are doing, and man, it just gives us hope just to see what God can do when you just step out in faith, so we're just really excited. And um, I got to do one thing before I get into the message. I got to show tons of love to your senior pastors, Pastor Chris and Emmerich. I got to say this thing about Chris. Um, I've known Pastor Chris since I was around 15, and he used to be one of the pastors at the church in Virginia Beach. And Chris probably doesn't fully know the impact he has made on my life. When I was 15, my brother Isaiah, he was 17, we grew up in a situation that wasn't the best. We had parents that had um, drug addictions and different issues like that. Long story short, I didn't even learn how to read until I was 12, didn't go to school, Um, really just broken situation. And then one day my brother and I, my brothers and I ended up stumbling upon Vineyard Community Church in Virginia Beach. And at that time, Chris was one of the pastors. And Chris took an interest in me and my brother Isaiah, and, and he would ask us to come in and just serve and be a part of serving. And he'll, he'll get us the clean different things around church and, and do miscellaneous tasks for him, moving chairs, whatever, whatever he, we needed to do. And Pastor Chris probably didn't know that at that time, but that gave my brother and I a sense of purpose and that we mattered to the world and that we had a purpose to play. And with Pastor Chris and our youth pastor at that time, Pastor John, you know, I would say they're a big reason why I'm here today. I came from a situation I didn't have much hope, didn't have much things going for me, but God used these two men to show me that my life mattered. And it, and it, and it made a big difference. It's an amazing thing 
what the local church can do. The local church is the hope of the world. And I want to let you know today, Lakeside, we're the hope of the world. That when we step out and say, God, use us, you do not know the generations that can change when you just make yourself available to God. God can transform the world through you, okay? So, so big love to Pastor Chris and Emmerich. We're praying for, the, for Chloe. Whatever is going to happen is in God's hand right now. And she's coming today or, or a couple, whenever, we'll see. <laughs> so she's coming. That's all we know. You know, when, when we don't know, but it's coming. All right. So, um, so we're going to jump right into this message. Let me pray real fast and I'll get right into it, okay? God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your goodness and favor. And God, we pray, Holy Spirit, come. Come in this place right now. Do what only you can do. Move in the hearts. God, you know every single person in this room, and you know exactly what they need. So, Holy Spirit, make yourself personal to people. Speak directly to them. God, we love you, and we need you. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. Amen. Okay, so if you are taking notes or following along on the version app, that is the coolest thing ever. I did not know you could do that until Jesse showed me that last night. That was so cool. Okay, um, you can title this speech, Made for more, made for more. And I just want to let some people in here know today that you're made for more, that you're not an accident. You're not here by chance. You're not a mistake, but God has a specific plan for your life, that God has a reason for you, that God has something inside of you that only you can bring to this world, that you are made for more. Because of his love and because of his grace, you are not here by, by mistake. But you have a purpose. Now, now, I have a question, though. I have a question. Have you ever joined up for something that you didn't really want to do? Have you ever signed up for something that you didn't really want to do, but you kind of got peer pressured into doing it? And even though you didn't really want to do it, you did it anyways? You know what I'm talking about? You want to know the thing that I sign up for all the time, and I instantly regret it after I do it? Email newsletters. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, man. They blow up your inbox. You get four or five emails a day. BOGO. What's a BOGO? Buy one, get one. I don't need to buy one, get one. Stop emailing me, man. Every single time, it drives me crazy. But here's the problem, though. This is what, this is what I do, and maybe I'm just, I don't know. I don't think I'm a passive person, but maybe I am. I don't know. When I'm at the counter and I'm checking out, and the, and, the, and the person says, do you want to sign up? Give us your email and sign up for a newsletter. Inside of all, he's like, heck no, don't waste my time with that junk. Why you even insult me by asking me that question? I don't want that. I say that in my head, but out loud I say, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I instantly regret it. I was like, why did I do that, man? Why did I sign up for that? And I, I can't even go to my emails, man. It's too much. But anyways, another thing that I signed up for, that I joined up for, that I didn't really have the full story behind it before I did it, was this thing called the Rugged Maniac. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with, with CrossFit or the Tough Mudder, different things like that, but it is a three-mile race, three-mile run with 20 additional obstacles in the mud, not dirt. Not grass, mud, okay, mud. And, and so when my friend first told me about it, I was like, yeah, man, sign me up. I'm down. I'm adventurous. Let's do this thing, man. And I, and I just went for it. And so then I, as it was getting closer to the event, 
I started saying to myself, maybe I should see what I'm getting into, man. Maybe I should see what I'm doing. So I went to the website. I went to ruggedmaniac.com, and I, and I looked at the, at the pictures of the obstacles, and there's people jumping over fire, <laughs> army crawling in the mud, their face in the mud under barbed wire. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't life dangerous enough without these added obstacles? What did I sign up for? But here's the worst part. Here's the worst part. I signed my wife up for it, too. <laughs> She's doing it with me. And I'm like, why did I do this, man? Why did I sign up for this thing? See, so, so going into the event, she's feeling all confident. This was before she was pregnant. I didn't do it while she was, because that would be bad. Um, <laughs> she's feeling all confident. She's like, I've been hitting the gym. I was made for this. And, and, in, and outside, I'm like, yeah, girl, me too. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Inside, I was like, I don't want to jump over the fire, you know. I don't, don't really think I'm made to do this. And so I was freaking out, man. So, so one of the obstacles... Here you go. One of the obstacles that I was not looking forward to was this thing called the rings of death. Okay, I don't really know who his name that, but that's what I called it because that's how it made me feel, you know? So so basically, there are these rings that hang down, right? There's these rings that hang down, and you got to put your hand on it, and like a monkey, you got to swing from one to the next until you get to the platform, okay? Couple problems with this thing, though. Couple problems. First problem is this, is... I was never good at the monkey bars at school, you know. I always would fall and get the wind knocked out of me. I hate that feeling. And then the second part is underneath the rings is a water mud pit, and I can't swim. So if I fall, it's it. It's over. I'm dead. This, that's the end of Jacob, okay? So I'm like, dang, man, why did I sign myself up for this, man? This ain't good. So, so leading into the rugged maniac, a couple, of, a couple of the guys that were doing it with us said, hey, let's go to the trampoline place nearby. They got the rings there because they knew I was stressing out about it. So I was like, all right, bet. Let's do it. And so we, go, we end up going to the trampoline place. My, my, my first friends, they do it. They kill it. They're great. They're awesome. They do a great job at it. My turn to practice, right? My turn. So I, I grab the ring. I can't make this up. I grab the ring, and I go to swing and my hand busts open in the foam pit. Think about that next time you take your kid to a trampoline place, okay? It's, it's gross. And I'm like, I don't know why my hands were so fragile. And they bust open. And as I'm falling into the foam pit, I get this future glimpse of the rugged maniac of me falling in the water pit mud. And instead of falling into nice foam pits, this time it's going to be water and dirt and death and not good, okay? So, so I was really nervous, but anyways, the rugged maniac comes, and we're doing pretty good. We're feeling good. You know, we're getting through the obstacles. I actually got a picture of my friends and I who did it. That's us. I don't know who the two people on the far side are. We don't know them, but those are my friends over there and, and Aaron right there. And, and now we're, we're feeling pretty good. We get to the rings of death, right? That's what I call it. The rings of death. My friend John does it, kills it. My friend Parker does it, kills it. I step up to the platform. I'm thinking, oh, no. And then Aaron's sitting behind me, and I hear her say, she said, you got it, babe. I look back at her, and I said, don't look at me right now. You don't want to see me like this. Just, just, just look somewhere else. And then I noticed there's a whole bunch of buff guys. I said, actually, don't look at them either, because if you see me fall and you see them, just, 
just close your eyes for this segment, you know? Just, just keep your eyes closed for right now, okay? And so then I go, to the, I go to the platform, I grab the ring, and with faith, I leap out, man, and I go to grab the ring, and the tip of my finger brushes against it. And I'm like, uh-oh. And I can't make this up. I don't know if, like, it was the spirit of God that just, like, whoosh, like, gave me an extra push or something. All of a sudden, I was able to get my arm back up, and I grabbed the ring. Then I grabbed the next one, grabbed the next one, and I landed that thing, man. I made it. I beat the rings of death. Check it, I got a picture of me doing it. <laughs> I can caption that. That's like, oh, shoot, I did it, you know? <laughs> I did it, man. I did it. And if I would have stopped that race right then, man, I would have felt like I accomplished the whole world. I beat the whole world. I would have been good with doing that. But you want to know, I got to say something. You want to know what I've learned from these things I joined up from, these things I signed up for, especially the rugged maniac. I am made for more than what my biggest fears tell me. I'm made for more than what my biggest fears tell me. I'm made for more than what my worst mistakes almost cost me. And I'm made for more than what my present situations present to me. I'm made for more because God's love is in me. God's love is for me. And since he's for me, nothing can be against me. And I want you to know something today. You're made for more. Don't let that thing discourage you. Don't let that thing get you down. Don't let that job keep setting you back. Don't let that problem that keeps coming up tell you that you'll never make the next step. You're made for more because God is with you and he's for you. And if he's for you, nothing can be against you. Come on, man. You're made for more, which leads me to my tweetable thought today. So if you got Twitter, you can tweet it. If you got Facebook, go on there. Instagram, if you got none of those things, tell someone at work. If you don't got a job, yeah, there you go. Okay, my tweetable thought today is this. You are made for more. Just join up on what God is doing. You are made for more. Just join up on what God is doing. You just got to join up because here's the truth. God is doing great things in our world today. Believe it or not what the news tries to portray. God is doing great things in our world today and he just needs some courageous people to step up and say, here I am, use me, use me. And Lakeside, I know we can be those courageous people that say we're going to step up. Now we're going to look at a story in the Bible today about a woman who had a horrible circumstance in her life and it looked like she wasn't made for anything more but she overcame the odds with her faith in Jesus. Check this out. Mark 5, starting verse 25, says this. A large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus. And we can assume there's about a thousand plus people around Jesus at this point in his ministry. People wanting to touch him, be near him because of the things that he was doing. Okay, so check this out. The story continues. It says, and the woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She has suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. She grew worse. Here's this woman who's been sick for 12 years, and even though she had many doctors, her situation wasn't getting better. Things weren't looking good. See, what happens when it's hard to believe we're made for anything more when everything around us tells us the opposite. When everything around us tells us the opposite of that. 
For 12 years, this woman has been sick. And the Bible says it's a bleeding disease. And in that culture, by the law of Moses, that meant that she was ceremonially unclean. Leviticus 15, 25 gives us a little bit more insight to this. It says, if, the, if a woman has a flow of blood for many days that is unrelated to her menstrual period, or if the blood continues beyond the normal period, she is ceremonially unclean. As during her menstrual period, the woman will be unclean for as long as the discharge continues. So this woman is unclean for 12 years, meaning that she can't be around community. She can't be around people because she'll make them unclean. So here's this woman with this disease and nobody else. Life does not look like it's made for much more than her circumstance. But point one today is this. Faith allows us to see beyond what's in front of us. Faith allows us to see beyond what's in front of us. But how can I see beyond what's in front of me when everything in front of me is screaming pretty loud? How can I see beyond what's in front of me when the things around me keep reminding me that I'll never be more than this? See, this woman has been stuck in this condition for 12 years, and you may not be sick. You may not have a condition like that, but you're thinking to yourself, man, I've been, I've been in a marriage for a long time, and things aren't going that well, and me and my spouse, we've been getting counseling, and every time we go, things aren't getting better. They're getting worse. You may be in a spot where your kids have just moved out, and now you're trying to figure out, man, what's my life now now that my kids are gone? Or you may be at a job, and when you first got this job, you liked it, but it wasn't what you really wanted when you got out of school. But, but it pays good, and you have it. But now you got a mortgage, and now you got car payments, and you got these bills, and you're thinking to yourself, is life just going from bill to bill? Is life made for much more than this? What is the purpose? Here's one thing I want you to see. There's one thing I want you to see about Jesus. He had this way when he encountered people, to get them to see beyond what was in front of them. He had this thing about him that when he encountered people, he would get them to see beyond the circumstance that is in front of them. Check this out. Jesus says in Mark, in Mark 1.15, he says, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus is saying, God is here and he is right now. God is not just some distant figure. God is not some out there guy hanging in a cloud with a long beard and a bald head. That's not God. But God is actually here and he's right now. He's very active and he's very present. And then he says repent, which means change the way you think. Change your perspective. Change the direction you're going on. He's saying change what you are doing. Believe the good news because God is here and he's right now. And he's ready to do something now. And you got to see beyond what's in front of you. Even, check this out, even when Jesus goes up to his first followers, it didn't make sense. Even when Jesus goes to his first followers, it was kind of unusual the way, the way that he encountered them. Mark 1, 16 continues. It says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for People, at once they left their nets and followed him. See, check this out. They were just normal class working guys. But in one moment and with one encounter with Jesus, their lives became something much more. Became something much more. See, but you have to see beyond what's in front of you. 
Do not hear by accident or by chance. But Jeremiah 29, 11 declares that God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God says that for you. God has a reason for you. But again, you may be going through some things in your life right now. And you're wondering, man, I don't see the point. I don't get why this is happening. I'm not sure what's going on with this. Can I let you know something about the amazing grace of God? With God, your biggest mess can become your best message. Your biggest mess can become your best message. And your biggest mess, if you allow God to work through it, can be the best message for other people and change this world. See, that's the way that God works. Here is this woman in the, here's this woman in the Bible. She's sick. She's used all of her resources on doctors, rituals, whatever she could get a hold of because she didn't want to be sick anymore. And she's sitting there probably thinking to herself, what is my reason for being here? Why am I here? I don't know about you, but I felt that way before. And what is my point here? What is my reason here? But sometimes, because sometimes people don't think they are made for more because they are surrounded by things that keep them from seeing beyond what's in front of them. She couldn't see beyond the doctor's reports. But then, but, but, there's always this big but that comes up. Bless you. Bless everybody. (laughs) But then she heard Jesus was passing through. She heard Jesus was passing through. And so she had to make a decision. She either stay here and keep looking at what she sees every day or she activates faith and move forward. See, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us this, for we live by faith and not by sight. Point one today, faith allows us to see beyond what's in front of us. Point two, don't stay stuck. Don't stay stuck. And this is one of those things that's easier said than done, right? It's easy. Oh, yeah, man, you just got to get up, man. Just do your thing. Don't stay stuck. Yeah. But you don't know what's going on. You don't know the things that keep us stuck. See, here you go. See, the issue is this. The woman had a bleeding disease. It meant she couldn't be around people. So the Bible says that Jesus had thousands of people around him. So she went to Jesus in this condition. She actually risked her own life. She would ask, actually risk her life and she would put herself in a public spot around other people. And this violation could actually even be held to her being stoned to death. So this is a big deal. She's, th- she's thinking to herself, my miracle is right there. Jesus is right there. But I got all these conditions. I got all these things that keep me stuck. I got all these excuses. I got all these things that said I can't move forward. And I'm going to tell you one thing I've learned about the enemy. I'm going to tell you one thing I learned about an enemy. The enemy loves for you to stay stuck. The enemy will love for you to make excuses. Oh, I'll never be able to do that. Oh, I can't go back to school. I'm too old. Oh, I can't can't reach my dream. I I missed that point. Oh, I can't. Who told you that? Who said you can't be the person God has called you to be? Who said you can't reach the dreams that God has placed in your heart? See, you can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives you strength. See, the enemy would love to convince you that you just got to stay stuck and you got to stay where you are. You will never be able to move beyond where you are right now. And you just got to stay in this situation, in this condition, in this problem forever, forever, and amen. But that ain't the truth. You can move from getting stuck 
Now, I don't believe, oh, check this out. This is about to be good right here. Now, I don't believe God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross. Check this out. To live a life that we couldn't live, to die a death that we deserve. Three days later, got back up from the grave just for us to live an average life. Just for us to be normal or mediocre. I don't think that's why God sent his one and only son. I think he sent him so we can have access to his heart. And when we have access to the heart of God, we know we're made for so much more. We have the creator on our side. He doesn't want us just to stay stuck, but he wants something for you. And you have to go after it. Sick for 12 years with everyday reminders of her problem. But I want you to know something today, Lakeside. The bigger the problem, the bigger the testimony of God in your life. The bigger the problem, the more obstacles you have to face, the more you can rely into the presence of God and you will see him get you through it. See, Okay, I think a couple claps. All right, okay. Got a couple of the awkward claps going in. <clears throat> I like it. She had to believe that she was made for more than just her sickness. See, Matthew's gospel gives us an insight to the story, too. Matthew 9 21 says this She said to herself, I like this part. She said to herself, if only I touch his clothes, I will be healed. And I love how the Bible said that she said to herself. She was talking to herself. She started talking to herself. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm crazy in this place today. But I find myself talking to myself a lot. I find myself, actually, I really do. And Aaron, Aaron always sees me. She said, did you just say something? I was like, nah. She's like, you moved your lips. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so, so maybe I am going crazy. I'm sorry. Okay, but I don't know about you. I talk to myself a lot. And, but the thing that I say to myself more often than I should is I always tell myself how I can't do something. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm, Jacob, why do you think you can do that? Jacob, why would you believe that? Why would you tell yourself that? See, I remember when I was 11 years old, I was at the beach. And in Virginia Beach, I was with my brother. I was at the oceanfront with my brothers. And, and I got two, my, both of my brothers were older than me. And I couldn't swim. I can't swim. I kind of can swim now. <sighs> Not really. Anyways, <laughs> let me just put it this way. If you're sitting next to me on a plane and it goes down in the water, I ain't helping you. Just anyways, that, that got weird. Okay. So, so the, there was this time, you know, I couldn't swim, so I would do this game at the, at the oceanfront. I don't know if any. Is there water nearby? I don't. Okay. There's a lake. That's why it's called Lakeside. That makes sense. All right. Okay. I get it now. All right. So, so there's this game we used to play. Me and my brothers, we, we would run to the, the water, and then we will run back real fast before the wave came. And we'll do that, like, for hours. And there's this one particular time I got a little too confident or cocky, whatever, whatever it is. And I ran into the water, and I got about waist deep, and I was about to run back. But as soon as I was running back, I saw this giant wave come, and that thing crashed over me, man. That thing just got, it has got me. And now I'm falling down. I'm in the water. I'm trying to get up. Water splashing my face. Mm. Mm. You know, and I'm trying to get up. I can't breathe. You know, I'm going crazy. And, it, and then I remember being an 11-year-old kid saying to myself, Jacob, stand up. Jacob, you got to stand up. You just got to get to your feet. Jacob, get to your feet. Jacob, get to your feet. Finally, I started to get to my knees, get up, and I saw my brother Isaiah's hand come out and pick me up. And as I think about that story, 
isn't that a good picture of how life can be sometimes? You're just minding your business, having a good time, playing, and then a wave comes and crashes over you. Something comes unexpectedly and hits you and knocks you down, and you feel like you can't get up. You feel like you're stuck. You feel like the waves just keep going and making you and keeping you where you are. But I want to say something to you. Life does happen that way. Life does come in these unexpected waves sometimes and it hits us down. But you've got to be able in those moments to say something to yourself. You've got to be able to say, don't stay stuck. Don't stay down. But you've got to get up. See, see, it's easy to speak about good things and good seasons of our lives. It's easy to declare good things when things are going good. But I'm going to tell you this. It's in those hard seasons. It's in those bad seasons when you got to speak even louder the promises of God in your life. You got to say, God, I will get this promotion even though I got declined. God, I will move forward. My marriage won't collapse. My kids will prosper. I'm going to keep speaking your promises because it's hard right now. But God, I know you're true. And I know my circumstances does not negate the promises that you spoke over me. See, Proverbs 18 says this in the message version of the Bible. It says, words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. We got to choose the words that we say. So the woman is sitting in her house after her good intentions of trying to go to the doctors and work on these things, spending her life savings trying to get help. And after none of that work, she said to herself in the darkest season of her life, that if I touch Jesus, if I get towards Jesus, then maybe he's the answer for me. Maybe he can do what no one else could do. I'm going to tell you this. I believe that I believe in counseling. I believe in all these things. Do those things. But if you want to see breakthrough in your life, you got to touch Jesus. You got to get near Jesus. See, this isn't an action statement that she made. She said, I got to step forward. She said, the doctors couldn't do it, the medicine couldn't do it, but maybe Jesus could. So you can't just sit back and wait around for something to happen. The woman knew that Jesus was passing through. So she says, even I just touch a little bit of him, a little bit of Jesus is better than nothing. See, in order to live for more in our lives, you have to position your life for more. You got to position your life for more. Don't stay stuck with the same excuses. Maybe next year I'll do that. Maybe next year I'll go to school. Maybe next relationship I'll honor God with it. Maybe this or maybe that. But now is your time. So I love this part. The woman goes to the crowd. She gets out of her house. She goes to the crowd and she starts making her way and she's just knocking over people, getting towards Jesus. She's just moving towards him. Mark 25, 27 says this. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes because she thought, if only I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, the Bible says, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Twelve years gone in one moment. Twelve years gone in one moment because Jesus says, what's impossible for man it's possible for God. It's so possible. 
She was sick, and she was reminded every day that life couldn't get better, that there was nothing more for her than this condition. And you may feel like you're nothing more than just a, than just a paycheck, just a job. But I want, to re- I want to let you know today, God loves you. He has a plan for you. And your life is made for something even more. With one touch and one moment, oh, I love this. With one touch and one moment, your broken marriage can be healed. With one touch and one moment, your kids can get back on the right track. With one touch and one moment, God can do all things. All things. Point one today is this. Faith allows you to see beyond what's in front of you. Point two, don't stay stuck. My third point today is this. You matter to God. You matter to God. Here she is, freed, healed. But check out what happens next. At once, Jesus realized that the power had gone out of him. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? You see all these people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me. They didn't get it. They were a little slow sometimes, okay? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Now I want you to see something here about the grace love of Jesus Christ. See, he stops and looks for who touched him. He stopped everything and looked for who touched him. Because of this woman's condition, she wasn't allowed to be around people, and she wasn't even allowed to be in religious events because of her condition. So being a Jewish woman, she wasn't allowed to partake in prayer or worship. So not only was her social life in disarray, but her spiritual life was in disarray as well. She, was, she, wasn't, even, she wasn't even to be around the community, and she was, in a sense, neglected from the church. But Jesus says, I stop everything and look for you. I stop everything and look for you. Twelve years of people telling her that she didn't matter, Jesus stopped and looked for her. Twelve years of people telling her that she was insignificant, Jesus stopped and looked. He's Jesus. He got a lot of things he got to do. He's going places. He got thousands of people around him, yet he stops for this woman. He stops with this no-name woman in this condition. See, the heart of God is that everyone matters to him, that he cares for all people, and you matter to God. He stops and he looks for you. And I want you to know today, God is fully aware of the situation that you're going through. He's fully aware of the problems that keep coming up to the surface, and he says, I'm looking for you. You matter to me. He's aware of you. See, the woman knowing what happened to her came and fell at his feet. See, this woman was unclean. And here's the interesting part. The woman was unclean. And touching Jesus would have made him unclean in, that, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the law of Moses. But I want you to see something about the power and love of Jesus. When our unclean things, when our, when our imperfection touches the perfection of God, our imperfections have to bow down to his perfection. And he makes us clean. See, point one today was this. Faith allows us to see beyond what's in front of you. Don't stay stuck. My third point was you matter to God. And my last point today is this. Don't wait for the someday or the almost. Don't wait for the someday or the almost. Now she's in front of Jesus telling him the whole truth. She's afraid of what might happen. 
but she knows that her body is healed. And I love what Jesus says to her. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I love it. And I love it because I love that Jesus addresses her by daughter. He addresses her as his child because he cares. There's this, there's this connection there. He says, your faith has healed you, which is, which is just him saying, you finally came to my grace and you allow my grace to cover your life. But that would have never happened if she didn't get out of her house and press through the crowd. She had to become tired of where she was and she had to be willing to risk her life to receive the life that Jesus had for her. Friends, are you willing to risk? Are you willing to step out? Are you willing to risk to see the reward that God has for you? Are you willing to go after the heart of God even if it seems impossible? See, but the problem is this. A lot of times we make excuses and we say to ourselves, someday I will do this. Someday I will reach the dreams that God has for me. Someday I'll fix those relationships. Someday I'll get help. I almost forgave that person. I almost took that, took that chance at my job and tried to get a promotion. I almost did it, but I was... See, friends, the thing that will kill you, the, the purpose that God has for you is if we get stuck in the someday or the almost. Someday I'm going to do this. I almost did that. See, the Bible says this. The Bible says this in James 4.13. It says this. Now, listen. You who say, today or tomorrow, you will go to this city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Man, see, when I used to read that verse, I used to think to myself, dang, that ain't encouraging. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound Pretty good. But then I started thinking, too, I got this mister here. I actually got it from Jonathan, and he has a fan on it. Fancy. It's okay. And I thought to myself, mist? Your life is just a mist that's here today, gone tomorrow. And it used to sound so discouraging to me that you're just here and you're gone. I said, at least if I'm just a mist, hopefully I smell like Febreze or something, you know. I make some kind of impact. But then I started to think about a mist that's here today, gone tomorrow. And the Lord spoke to me. And the reason why he says that is because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You don't know what's going to happen. You may never have that opportunity again. So you got to live for more today. You got to go after God today. Don't wait for the someday because that someday may never come. And don't wait for the almost because you may never get that opportunity again. But today you can go after the heart of God. Today you can move towards God. Today you can say, God, I'm going to go after you with everything I have. Today I'm going to get up from my house and I'm going to break through the crowd and I'm going to touch you because you're the one that can heal and you're the one that can bring life to me. I'm not going to wait for the someday or the almost. But today, I'm going to live for more. I'm going to live for more. Friends, let's make that day today. Let's make that day today. Let's live for more today. You are made for more. You just got to join up on what God is doing.
Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness and your favor, Lord. And even right now, God, I pray for every single person in this room that you remind them that they're made for something more. That, God, you have put something in their hearts. I think the Lord is saying that you aren't second, but you are first. That you're not second choice, but you're his first choice. Mm, God, I, I even feel like the Lord is praying over marriages right now. And, I, and it's interesting, I feel like the Lord is even praying over, saying something over good marriages. He's saying he wants to even take good marriages and make them even better. And I feel like the Lord is saying there's people here who are having a hard time. He says, I, I'm coming to bring healing. Right now. I'm right here and I'm right now. God, I thank you. You may be in here today and you don't know this Jesus I've been talking about. You never made a decision to trust Jesus with your life. But you're saying, Pastor Jacob, I want to know that Jesus. I want to know who you're talking about. That's you. If you want to make a decision to trust Jesus with your life, I'm just going to pray a prayer. I'm not going to call you out, nothing like that. Just right where you are, you can receive Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you have made that decision before, but life kind of got in the way, and you want to recommit your life back to Jesus. Right where you are, say this prayer with me. With every eye closed, every head bowed, just say, Jesus, forgive me for my mistakes. Make me new. Today I trust in you. Today I follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise in here, man. He's so good. That's all I got. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jacob.